You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I am close to the microphone as per your request, sir. That's too close. Uh, you're giving everybody an earache. Um, so, happy Easter, Sid Talk. Thanks. Uh, I hope you had all the eggs you could eat today. I had zero eggs. I had, um, what did I have? I had wheat thins. And yogurt. And hummus. And toast. Which is very traditional Easter <laughs> thing. <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, we're very Easter-ish. And we... later we'll have uh, garden veggie burger. Oh, we'll discuss that later. Yeah, we're very easter oriented. <laughs> and tomorrow, um, I believe, he rises from the dead or something. That was today. Some magical thing. Today, Easter's what, the day rises. What's tomorrow? Monday. Easter Monday. What happens on Easter Monday? Nothing. Why is it a, a bank holiday? It isn't, is it? I yeah. guess because... It is in England. You don't get the opportunity to take the day off on Sunday, because you already have the day off, so they just want to be kind to everyone. Recovering, I guess, from Jesus me. was a considerate soul, wasn't he? Giving everybody <laughs> holidays and stuff. He was great. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's Sunday, April the 4th, 2010, and this is after the show number 116. Uh, this week we're going to be looking at the movie Sherlock Holmes on Blu-ray disc. Um, Sid Tuck's already uh, yawning. I think uh, my, in, my introduction is boring. <laughs> so, uh, Just yeah, a little. We're going to be looking at Sherlock Let's Holmes. Moving along a little, little faster, shall we? Sherlock Holmes on Blu-ray disc. Uh, this is a 2009 movie. This is interesting, actually. Uh, Sherlock Holmes was in the theatre three months ago, and now it's on Blu-ray. Yeah. And it was quite successful in the theatre. But you know that narrowing of gap between uh, theatrical and home release? It's three months is unheard of. I think that's the quickest ever. Oh, I thought that was pretty common nowadays. It's not common. Six to eight months is common. Uh, Avatar, for instance, is coming out next month. It's been a while, right? Four months. It's still in the theater. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, um, but um, this one is quick to DVD. Uh, even though I was thinking, well, that's probably because it wasn't a success, but it was actually quite a success. Enough of a success that Guy Ritchie is making a sequel coming up in 2011. Anyway, uh, this is from our friends at Warner Brothers, and you're going to tell us what it's all about. Well, Sherlock Holmes is kind of self-explanatory. Uh, it he it is the. Um... It's a, is it Victorian age? Yes. Okay. Victorian age, intellectual, detective inspector slash crime... He's not a crime fighter. He's a detective inspector. A scientist? What do you, what do you think? What do you, how do you describe him? I don't know. Anyway. he Private um detective. Come, they come across a case of some description and he... Sleuth. And his, a sleuth. Mm-hmm. Oh my. That's what he, he is. and his friend... Of questionable relationship origins. There's let's some just say homophobicness that. going on. Not homophobic. Not homophobic. Hom- homoerotic. Homo. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, in a lot of those scenes. <laughs> oh not, my god. Not just yeah. this version of which Sherlock. is totally fine because I really like the thought of those two being a. Well, a I'm going to say not in just this in this version of Sherlock Holmes. In versions of Sherlock Holmes is down there? the line. Yeah, it's always been a bit like. Not that that's a main theme, but I'm just saying it's yeah. there. And uh, they come across a, a case of sorts where this really bad dude. Who, uh, with some dark magic. And then there's the chick from America who comes around and she's adorable. She's awesome, actually. And, um, we're getting to know 
Sherlock Holmes in this one. And it's really obvious to me that they plan to make a franchise out of it, which is kind of sad. But if you're just, I mean, it's fun and everything. It's great. It's a great fun kind of movie. But it's kind of obvious you're barely getting to know what type of person he is, what type of person Watson is. And they're dropping in some... They drop hints some, to everything. something that could happen. Yeah. yeah. It's one, I mean, we'll talk about it during the movie section, but it's one of the brilliant things I think about it is there's a lot of subtlety and a lot of things that aren't explained, and I like that about yeah, it. Yeah, and, yeah and, and stuff that makes more sense if you really do know about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I know nothing, so right. to me, it all so, you know, when, is fine. Uh, well, let's go on to the movie yeah. section. so that's my summary. Right, so I was thinking things like when the camera zooms in on the the number, without even telling you this is Baker Street, just the number of the building. You know, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, it's immediate. It's like fan stuff. Oh, I don't know any of that. Well, you did probably... You mean the 221? You didn't know he lived on Baker Street. I did not. But that's the fate, you know, from the books. Um, anyway, uh, this is Guy Ritchie, you know, Guy Ritchie's version of Sherlock Holmes. It's not like any Sherlock Holmes you've ever seen before. It's This is what I think. It's like the Pirates of the Caribbean version of Sherlock Holmes. I'm not talking about it being... It's action and adventure is upped. Yeah, yeah. It's not... If you're expecting... If you see that it says Sherlock Holmes on the cover and you think, oh, I've seen Sherlock Holmes things before. It's just a guy going around solving some crimes. It's quiet. It's intellectual. It's actually none of that. It's more... It's oh, a, there's a lot of... To me, there's a lot of intellectual I stuff. actually feel like it... It's more of a dumbed down... It's not an intellectual's version of Sherlock Holmes. It's an action and adventure fan's version of Sherlock Holmes, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There's a lot of sleuthing going in, on. But what's interesting, actually, is... For the first three quarters of the movie... I kept thinking, there's not enough sleuthing... No, right. Like, he just jumps to conclusion. It looks to me like, it, if I don't know Sherlock Holmes, you know, if I'm a fresh viewer of this, it's almost like he's a psychic or something, which kind of is. And I disagree, because I'm totally unfamiliar with Sherlock Holmes. I think I've seen one, maybe, movie long, like a really old black and white, seems to me like from the 30s or 40s even. And this was a long time ago, when I was a kid. So I know nothing about it. But as I watched, and part of the thing I was saying with the subtleties and stuff, and... I was watching very carefully all of those moments when, as we talk resolution, I knew. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so did I. But it was, so to me, it wasn't just like he was psychic. It was like he was finding things, but it didn't have to be handed to us on a plate. No. You had to sort of go along with him. Yeah, and this see movie what, does hand everything out to you on a plate. Ed, eventually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not to spoil anything, but... It reminds me of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely like, reveal all. I absolutely dislike those sequences. It was almost like I. Oh. It's almost like the filmmakers were like, "You lot have no intelligence. You you probably haven't worked this out. So let me just for one minute explain the entire thing in very great detail. So you go, ah, oh, oh, ah, oh, like that, right? It, it's really as if um, you hadn't already. No, I, I mean, like I say, it's not. This actual Sherlock Holmes adventure, it's not particularly, uh, it's not the greatest mystery of all time. It, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as you mention magic, I'm there. Like yeah, yeah. like a magical or a devil you know, or anything like mm-hmm. that. Supernatural. Dark magic. I'm into that. Yeah. That, so that is cool. But it's not, some of Sherlock Holmes mysteries are like real mind benders that you have to, 
you know, get behind to under you know, to solve. Be really like on the ball. Like it's. Are you sure? Maybe that was just because you. Were no, kid. I know. I read Sherlock Holmes books at school. I mean, it's one of the ones they throw at you to read when you're learning to read and all that. But some of them are mind benders. There are real. There's a lot of interest, and this isn't drawn from any of the books. This is a new adventure. A new adventure and establishing Sherlock Holmes as an action movie in my opinion I mean because it does come across as an action movie and while we're at that point there are some action scenes in this movie that are like the best thing I've ever seen They're awesome. and then there are some which are horrible the now, thing with falling off the oh, yeah so I, mean, I mean I like that but the CG was like exactly in that one moment it's horrible you're totally in it the CG looks great there are two moments, I think, two scenes where I'm like, oh, that's shaky. Yeah. But this one particular thing was real, seriously, it was really shoddy. I mean, I was like, whoa. It's almost like, you know, because right near the end. Where and it's, it's a split second, so you think, why can't they just yeah. fix that? It's right near the end and it's pretty shoddy. And what I've just read on, because I went to see what other people yeah. said. And uh, I found a theatrical review when it was in the cinema. And he, he was talking about when he saw that Sherlock Holmes theatrically... And he hated the green screen parts near the end. Uh-huh. And then he and then he said, "I just recently bought this on Blu-ray, and it's twice as bad." Oh, I bet. Like I didn't really notice it in the theater as much as when I watch it on Blu-ray, and it's like so much clearer. And I was like, "Yeah, Holy and, crap, the, it looks and the whole of the rest of the movie, because obviously it's Victorian London, so it has to be totally created. It's I'm totally there. I mean, it's not perfect. No, I think the movie's really actually good. the movie um, from a standpoint of. Um, Photography and mm-hmm. set design and what's it, what is it? It's my alarm. Keep talking. Set design. Which alarm? Uh, so uh, it's time to wake up, uh, viewers and listeners. So yeah, from a from a standpoint of photography, set design, and what else would you say? Oh, did you leave? Wipe it off, and I wouldn't hardly go off. Um, I mean, the I look of me. it. No, yeah, for all them things, it looks it looks really as on Blu-ray as well, and sound amazing. I gotta mention sound later. Costumes, um, everything. Everything looks- is really detailed, and it looks really good. I mean, there's. I didn't think there was a lot of CG going on until about halfway through. Oh, and I disagree. I knew it was all CG, and that's what was awesome because it's so... I mean, you know it is. I knew the backgrounds yeah, were, of but I mean, everything in the foregrounds was like just detailed. Yeah, super detailed. Wes Anderson um, kind of detailed. Like, we throw everything in this set and uh, what we can find. But then you get to those a little isolated moments. But I, I don't think it ruined the movie, but, you know... You know when it I talk snaps you out of it though. Really well, fast. also, you know when you talk about like formulaic Hollywood, that finale was as about as formulaic Don't as tell you. Don't people stuff. I'm not talking. <laughs> I'm saying the finale of this movie was about as formulaic as you can get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know that mm-hmm. moment that we dislike in movies. Mm-hmm. I felt that. Mo- I felt that moment coming on. Do yeah. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought it was a, uh, it was a mixed bag. Because other special effects, like explosions and fights and all that, were awesome. Yeah, and, really awesome. And while I was talking about Guy Ritchie, I was thinking to myself, I mean, I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie. I like his style. I, I really think his, his style has progressed. And when I knew he was making a Sherlock Holmes big-budget Hollywood movie, which is not his kind of movie, he, does, he makes smaller movies, I was thinking, 
Ah, it'd be interesting to see if even any of Guy Ritchie survives in that. Like, it'll just look like a Hollywood movie and I won't get any Guy Ritchie mm. from it. But you get Guy Ritchie from this. There's lock, stock and smoking barrel scenes in there. Like, you know, the stop camera work that he used in that. Tiny bit. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't feel Guy Ritchie at all, no. Well, I, only if you know I it. totally did. Uh, the beginning scene with the horses, the, the camera angle, you know, he, he has yeah. that stuff in him. I can, and the fight in the pit, like... Yeah, the, that was good. That, that was, good. was all good. That was Guy Ritchie. I mean, that was... Because of raw, kind of sweaty and grunty and... Yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> Lots of up close. Also, um, this is the first time you've ever seen, like, the opening scene, for instance, Sherlock Holmes and Watson be badasses, because they're not, like... They're intellectual. They're not people who's like. See, and I don't know any of this. Well, right? so like you have to imagine that I coming into it, and I don't think they're obviously. I they're not. They don't fight people in in the book. I mean, they do, but it's it's not like this kind of like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes character is a, a, basically like a martial arts master. Well, I disagree. Yeah, because he said he learned it from the Buddha something, right? Right, but I don't think he's a martial arts expert. He's like, um, he's got his own, he's masochistic, first of he all. He ain't a boxer. He likes he's to got get martial the crap arts knocked out of him. He likes getting fought. He likes getting punched and slapped and knocked down, because in the end, he can always turn it around and beat the crap out of the person, but not in like any kind of standard... Well, that opening scene where he's explaining how he takes a guy down, right? And then it does it in slow motion. Those aren't the moves of just somebody who. I just think that's the moves people. of a scientist guy who's figured out anatomy and figured out like, you know, studied it and that's it. I don't and he think says there's something any about formula to there's it. There's some kind of wrestling that he learned. He said he mentions it at one point when I he's talking. Um, but yeah, you've never seen Watson and Sherlock Holmes do that. I mean, any any Sherlock Holmes, they don't do that. He smokes his pipe and he, you know, figures it out with his brain. He doesn't go beating people up. So that there's a difference. But there's Guy Ritchie's. Um, Interpretation. Well, the writer. He didn't write it. There's a guy who wrote the screenplay. So Guy Ritchie... Well, you know, Guy Ritchie deals in gangsters, London. This just happens to be a different age of London, right? Yeah. Um, Similar... But these aren't gangsters. These are like... uh, It's like he likes the raw... The, like... Like the gut... Like we were talking about... What was the last movie he did? The... the Revolver. Yeah, where it's like no, not dark. revolver. Um, no, no, the city. That was before that. The rock and roller. Yes, where which was excellent. it's like the grit side, like the real mucky side of life in the city. When well, he's a city guy, isn't he? So yeah. the real like ugh, underbelly of city life. In fact, the, in fact, when you saw rock and roller and watched the extras on rock and roller Blu-ray, he um, he does a whole thing about. Hit Guy Ritchie's London, remember, right, right. where he goes and shows you all the places that he's worked at, and all, all the places he's filmed, and all the places he wants to have in his films. So yeah, this is a different version of London. Um, I could do without the um, in this version of Sherlock Holmes. While I like action scenes, I feel that this movie relies on the fighting scenes a little bit too much sometimes. Like it's like, okay, we get it; they can fight people. And it's interesting to look at, but I don't buy these two characters fighting people like that for that amount of time. Like it's, it's. Is that because you have the history in your mind? It is because I don't get that. And at these all. are totally, yeah, it is, it is because you know you have a. If you don't, if you're new to it completely, well then yeah, fine. But if you've got a Sherlock Holmes in your head, if if you're British and you've grown up reading the books and you've seen the TV shows, 
There's an image of Sherlock Holmes that you have, you know. Does he ever wear a deerstalker cap at all, ever? What's a deerstalker? Well, it's the most it's the most iconic thing about Sherlock Holmes. I think that'd be coming up in sequels, wouldn't you? He has the pipe. That's the name of one of the extras. Something about the deerstalker cap. We didn't watch that particular one. I bet that the costumes. It. That was about the costumes. Yeah. No, it was like how we t- went away from the deerstalker cap, right? right. Because. Even the logo for Sherlock Holmes in the 80s was like the yep, Sherlock with the, big pipe. with the pipe. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think he wore a Deathstalker cap at all, did he? No. I mean, they went away from that. Um, but, yeah, the fighting, I, I I like fighting and stuff in movies. Pirates of the Caribbean and that, you know, like, big boring. action pieces. But I felt that it was kind of boring in parts in this. I didn't want them to fight anymore. I was like... Wow. I was like, you know... Uh, yeah, there's a I get scene. it, yeah. There's going to be some interesting thing, and a little gadget's going to get used, or somebody's going to fall through a floor, or something. Yeah. Something's going to cut somebody in half, maybe. <laughs> that kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, it, it's all very convenient. Yeah. to Like, here's a fight going to happen, kind of deal. So, I could have done with less of that. I, I, I like the dialogue between Watson mm-hmm. and Holmes. Um, one thing I have to complain about is... I know that Robert Downey Jr. was trying to do a British accent and apparently, according to one of the extras, he went to Great Lamps to nail the accent of Sherlock Holmes. I felt like he was mumbling the entire time. Like When he had to do like long diatribes, I probably understood, and I'm English, 50% of what he said. Oh, I had no problem. No? No. Well, so it's just a muddled, like... I, I didn't like it, but obviously Jude Law was fine because he's English anyway, but... Um, did you not find him nope, mumbling? No, not at all. I, I kept thinking to myself, you just... I mean, there were times when he's mumbling on purpose, but not... No, I just no, thought, I had no there problem. Was a, there was a conversation he had with Mark Strong in a jail cell that I literally didn't get half of it. Oh, no, I had not had that problem And it was nothing to do with the movie. It was like, I just... He was just talking Good really fast. And with this... But see, that's how a lot of Americans think British people sound. So that's interesting. It's interesting because they don't. Because <laughs> well, always... they do mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. So that's how it sounds to you. Yeah. So imagine. That's how people... So think. I had a problem with that. But like, like I say, um, Jude Law, I thought was... I thought Jude Law upstaged Robert Downey Jr., to be honest. I'm, I'm not a mega Jude Law fan, but I really liked him a lot in this. Wow, you and I really watched two different movies, maybe. I thought it was fine. I thought thought it was fine. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was... I feel that he just does the same thing nowadays. I mean, that's Tony Stark from Iron Man. It's just the same thing, like... Oh, I disagree completely. Do you? Oh, totally. I mean, he's putting on an accent, but it's that that whole flamboyant... um, Oh, I disagree. I felt like it was a... He's like a combination of uh, anxiety-ridden... Yeah, exactly. and And drunk and... No, not just that. I mean, anxiety-ridden, as in, like, he's troubled. And the reason he knows so much so about everything Stark. is that he likes to stay alone and study and figure things out. And I don't... I just, Tony Stark, to me, is completely different. I don't mean the Robert Downey Jr. stuff. I mean, I just feel like he's, he's Robert Downey Jr. doing some... I, 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 you know, You know when we say... Um, I know this is Robert Downey Jr. Like I can, I can't get away from the fact this is. I agree Robert. with that, but I think yeah. it's just he's such a character himself. Whereas Jude Law, I can take Jude Law away from. And the I'm character. the opposite. For me, it's like, look, there's Jude Law being handsome and quirky and kind of like. I don't find him particularly. If I was, I don't find Jude Law particularly handsome. I find him like, don't know, like an emaciated. Um, no, like, he's quite. Uh, 
I don't know. He just looks like kind a of guy public school boy. If you were on vacation alone and you happened to be, you know, uh, in a cafe and he was your waiter and then he kind of semi hit on you that you would be happy to take him back to your hotel because he's quite cute and it'd make a very good story. He wouldn't. Be and then he waiter. would just turn out to be uh, Jude Law practicing for a role as a waiter in a movie. That'd be awesome. See, that's a good story. So yeah, I find him quite cute. Oh, not that I've fantasized that at all. No, no, no. Not that I just made that up. Right off the I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Rate him. Uh, well, uh, well, I'm saying I rate him a lot. But I also it? find uh, Robert Downey Jr. quite attractive. So. Well, I don't have any. Maybe today I'm just feeling particularly horny. I don't have any um, <laughs> sayings about the men. Like uh, and uh, How about McAdams. We're not She's even awesome. gone into the cast yet. So the movie in general, um, I like it, but don't like it at the same time. It's like. I loved it. I had a great time. I had a great time. I thought the ending was really weak. It almost like, to me, it's almost like they blew the wad in the second act. Like like they were writing it. They were writing it. They were writing it. And then they went, okay, we need an ending. And the ending is exactly what you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that. It's Correct. just like... And that spoils it overall for me. Oh, um, right. Like, because I've seen so many films where I know what's going to happen at the end. And... Let me just throw a spoiler alert here. Spoiler alert. Turn off here just for like 10 seconds while I say something. This is what I want to say. The ending of this movie, I almost... You know when we say, oh God, this movie's bad. Like, gone in 60 seconds. A guy falls off something. Mm. That's what I was getting on. Yeah, yeah. This guy, we're teetering on the edge of something. Somebody's going to fall off. <laughs> oh, he fell off. <laughs> so what? I know what you're saying. Yeah, and... Okay, spoiler's gone now. Um... That kind of weakened it for me slightly. But there again, hints after that, after the end of this movie, there are hints of what another movie could sure. be, which sounds awesome to me. It's, almost, it's like this is a warm-up for the next Sherlock Holmes movie, which will be twice as good. Oh, it's right? a shitty, because it should just stand on its own. It and I feel like it did. Except that it's, it alludes to... More of the story you know, happened. And you didn't feel that the third act was weak. I didn't feel like the whole third act was weak, but the... Um, I finally lost its I way, I feel like it kind of... Po- it, it did not live up to the rest of the movie. Uh-uh. I agree with that completely. But it didn't undo how much fun I had with the rest of it. Because, first of all, I didn't really care... I couldn't have cared any less how the movie ended, one way or the other. I didn't care if they all got killed. I didn't care if the bad guy got killed or if he got away. I didn't care if the city blew up. I didn't care if everybody died. I actually didn't have any investment emotionally because I was having such a good time I wanted, with looking at everything and I the, wanted less the action of, scenes. and The way the ending is wrote, where I mentioned earlier, where it mm-hmm. puts it all on a plate for you. And the thing that I just mentioned mm-hmm. in the spoiler part. <laughs> those two things. That, to me, is like, we don't really know how to finish this. There's no air of mystery. Nothing. There's no air... It's like, all raveled up. I prefer a more of a... Um, mystery. Yeah, well, it's Sherlock Holmes also. It's about, it's about mystery. I prefer, like, a more of... You know, you'll see something happen, and then... Did it, didn't it, did it, didn't it, kind of thing. But that's just as equally predictable. If you leave something wide it's open, not if that's it's cleverly. It's, well, I don't mean wide open. It's not if it's cleverly written, but the way this ending was written was like, here's exactly what you just watched, 
and here's the conclusion. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And, that and that's all that... Everything else I liked. Um, I just find it... It doesn't undo the rest for me. See, it, it, well, no, it doesn't undo the rest. I'd, I'd like to watch the first two thirds and turn it off <laughs> after that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, there's there's yes. a certain part in the movie. Yep, I know and exactly. And I, I know exactly what that With part is. With the thing and the... And the yeah, I, yeah, yeah. This, I, yeah. I want to turn it off then. Like... When they run away with that. Yep. Yeah, forget that. Forget from then on, like, because I right. liked it up to that point. Um, and I'm not saying this is a bad movie because I like Guy Ritchie. Yeah, I think I it think, was satisfied enough. I think there's a, the action scene in the middle with the boat. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It's like one of the best action scenes I've ever seen. And that didn't look CG. That was good. I mean, it did a little bit. Yeah, but it's kind of hard Just to... towards the very end where it kind of. Yeah. But. And the fight scene in the pit near the beginning, that was awesome fight yeah, scene. Yeah, with the really uh, awesome. rippling yep. skin. It. Yeah, remind me of the game Fight Night. The and the thing scene. it tells you about Sherlock Holmes is this... Like, he's actually a loner. Kind of a genius, uh-huh. crackpot loner guy. And the only person who can really deal with can him deal is with Watson. the punishment. Like... Wants the punishment, because it's like the only thing that gives him... Keeps him kind alive. Of feeling. That's what yeah. he means. But, and the only person who knows him and can deal with him is his friend. And mm-hmm. his housekeeper, who knows his shit as well. And know? the chick. Yeah. She she knows him. Yeah. Very well. Which, um... What do you think? Well, we'll talk about the cast in a minute. So, you know, I like the movie. But, like, I hate the ending. I really... It, it's one of them things. And I was hoping that it... I had the feeling what was... You know, I yeah. knew what was going to be coming. And then I thought, no, they're going to surprise me because it'll be something else. But then when they went, mm-hmm. well, I was like, no, don't, no. Something. Yeah, because as soon as it no. starts, as soon as, you, as soon as it's, you're like, no, no, oh. no, no, don't do that. No, because we've seen that in a billion movies and this one seems better than those. And then that happens. So yeah. I know I'm being vague there, but once you see, <laughs> once you go, what well, I, you know, I'm recommending this. I movie, recommend it too. But I think you may have the same feelings as me at the end there. Um, but everything else, I like the people I liked I thought the sets the photography Guy Ritchie's injection in there of toughness and kind of roughness sweat and the movie looked really good too it was like um, I'm sure if you look close there might be some mistakes or whatever oh sure Um, but as far as a period kind of film set in this grimy I felt like everything was dirty enough and I felt that Washed out, not a lot of color. Yeah, is that like Sweeney Todd, which is Ugh. in that, which is in that same? It's very blacks, lots of blacks and lots of dark, and not very well lit because that's how Victorian sure. England was. I mean, it was lanterns and there wasn't electricity. It's like it was. They well, had a sun back then, though, right? There was sun. <laughs> yes, but at night time, and data. it's all a building, shadows of buildings. It all really worked well. Um, I was saying they didn't have electricity. Well, they have some starting, some. I think. Yeah, I think. interesting pieces. Oh yeah, yeah, inventing the yeah yeah. Yeah, um, you don't know what the hell I was talking about <laughs> then. It was all, oh. But um, it's in the trailer, by the way. Is it? Mm-hmm. So I would call that a Victorian taser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, that for me, this movie for that um, action scene in the middle. Well, I just talked about with the boat. It's worth watching for that action scene. Because it's one of the best action scenes I've seen for quite some time. And in fact, you know Rock and Roller? When we watch Rock and Roller and there's that chase scene that's really weird. 
And we said, I don't think we've ever seen a chase scene yeah. like this. The yeah, one across yeah. the running train tracks. And running and the two dudes. Yeah, yeah. And, and we was like, well, this is like a real different take on a chase scene. This is a different take on an action scene. I Correct. It was... It felt video gamey to me, like a video game boss. Yeah, like it's it was- like um, when Bond, and get to Bond. Yeah, Bond when he went to um, the name of the town, Venice, and then we get to see yeah, that- how those buildings are held up with those big boot. What are they called? Buoy things. Yeah, that's another. It's an action sequence you've never seen. Yeah, and this the one inside, underneath of a building that's being floated by these big. What are they called? Big cushion things that are blown up. That's what's holding. And then that whole sequence, you're so fascinated. Like, holy shit, is that really? And yeah. then this is a ship being built, and you're in that. And you fight, and it's a fight with a guy who's yeah, yeah. larger than life. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Um. And French. And I say it felt like a video game boss, because the whole sequence did. I, yeah, I totally. could imagine playing that out in a game, you know. It's, is it a game? There isn't a game of this, but it would make a good one. Um, so, that scene I loved, and that kind of... That scene, pretty much, to me, is like the highlight of the movie. I think, for me, the best part of the whole movie are the characters truly getting... For me, maybe I was just really tapping in today to characters, but like... It's it's a grown-up version of, like, what has been maybe a lifelong relationship between these two men and the, their individuality. And then this woman who sort of comes and goes in Sherlock Holmes' life. And I think because they're all really good, that that I was really paying attention to that. Like, the subtleties and the looks at each other and kind of, like, you know, thinking of it as a... A friendship that might be starting to go apart because of you know life and whatnot. I that really and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, because amidst like, all the because like Watson is getting married and mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes is alone. Well, thinks that once Watson's married, he really is alone. Like, yeah, because Watson's probably not coming around so much, or you know, it's, so there's that whole whole mm-hmm. deal as well. And I really, real, I think they really didn't hammer it over your head, but I mean, it was really. I don't know, maybe I was just... It was really all, you know what it's that. like? You know what it really is like? When you said that it's obvious they want a franchise out of this. It's like the first part of a trilogy, isn't it? Of course. I, I mean, it, you even feel that from the first five minutes. I did. I was like, okay, this is the introduction movie. Yeah. And then the good shit, like the really <laughs> good shit, starts next but time. But unfortunately, as we've seen in the past, sometimes the third yeah. of trilogies... Ruins yeah. it all. It's kind of like your bad ending. The third movie can sometimes... Uh. Yeah. And you could say that about The Matrix. Yeah. Even though I do like... Spider-Man. I do like... Yes. Well, yeah, definitely. Harry I would, Potter, number 12, whatever. I would definitely <laughs> say it about Spider-Man because I really, like, love Spider-Man 1 and 2, but 3 is like, I don't even want to watch it again. It's like yeah. The Godfather Part 3. There's another one. Yeah. They're like, I just want to so forget. So what are they thinking? <laughs> but yeah, this feels like, and I think it would work as a franchise. This movie, to be honest, because it's fun, like you say. I think it can get better. Unfortunately, I get a very bad vibe that the good parts of the relationship and the that will get less and less more in action. the fights. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. So, and I feel like they have to have a bit more restraint with the fights, like taking place, like mm-hmm. like. Like, don't make it so there's more fights. And more mystery. Make more... it so there's less fights and make it so we have to think a bit more, maybe. Because mm. that's what Sherlock Holmes used to be. And I know they're trying to change it. But Sherlock Holmes is... But you're saying they're I not want... changing it for the better. I want... Well, I want to 
even that they do do this a little bit in here. I want to understand how Sherlock Holmes' mind works more than his fists. Maybe that's the mm. that's the quote you should. Very <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, so uh, let's go into the cast of the movie. Robert Downey Jr. plays Sherlock Holmes. Um, I was just looking at your mouth. You have a really nice mouth. I can't. Thank, thank you. You're I, welcome. I can't think of. Um, I don't. I, what I said about him earlier is like, yes, I kind of like him. I kind of don't at the same time. You can't I don't get know. over the fact that it's Robert Downey Jr. But that's what I like about it. You know what though? You know when you just say that, I think Robert Downey Jr. is absolutely perfect in Iron Man. I, I Iron Man was like made for him. Like I, <laughs> when he comes comes on the screen in Iron Man, and I can't wait to see the second Iron Man, which is coming soon. I think he's perfect. He's really perfect for it. I he's think so you cocky might and over. be more endeared to Sherlock Holmes as a character from your life than, and that Robert Downey Jr. maybe came in and isn't what you want. I do know that, like Sherlock Holmes fans, like people who have read the books and love the TV show and all that kind of stuff, I imagine would absolutely despise this version of Sherlock Holmes. Is because, it because he's got too many weaknesses? No, it's because what I say he. he Ah. He fights, and it's not necessarily a thinking person. It'd be like movie. making Agatha Christie into a, or a, not Agatha Christie, but yeah, Agatha Christie. Yeah, no, it, who are who's the? She's the author. It'd be like making Poirot, for instance. Po, you know, who's Poirot. Po, he's a French detective, right? Mm. Uh, along the lines of Sherlock Holmes, he uses his brain. He's just a normal man. He's not a fighter. But, like, making him an action star all of a sudden. Like, all the fans of it would be like... I was trying to think of somebody like, um... Oh, God, what is the name of it? Angela Lansbury. You know, old people like her show. They make, and turn then all in of a sudden like, she's doing, like... Like, yeah, all of a sudden make, do, like, a movie of her, but make it a hot chick and make her all, like, you know... And then it's, like, a shadow of its former self. Mm-hmm. But I can say, oh, yeah, this is a modernized version. Then you can say, skip this movie and just read all the books. Well, I... Without it even being... Say this wasn't Sherlock Holmes. It was just two dudes in Victoria. You would like it better. I probably would, yeah. Like, it didn't like it didn't even need to be Sherlock Holmes. I like, agree. Like, these two people, you know, worked on, you know... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yep, what I'm I know what you're saying. Anyway, so Robert Downey Jr. is not bad. No, no, I, I love Robert Downey Jr. I've yeah. been a fan always. I think he is, like... It's like he dives into it. Like, in every movement, every nod of his head. He does. Every, he, everything. He's definitely, um... And there's an arrogance there. And there's a sort of, like, look at me, I'm one of Hollywood's children kind of thing. I know I know that I'm probably reading that into it. But that's what I think of people like him and Val Kilmer. They take themselves very important-ish. Like, he's Mr. Know-it-all or something. He knows But for some like. reason, I like that. I like that he takes charge of almost every single... Every move, like, he'll get knocked down, but then his head turns just a certain way, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know how to and describe it. And that's why um, the Tony Stark character in Iron Man, is like, it was great. Like, before even Robert Downey Jr. was announced to do it. You know, I'd read the Iron Man comics. I know the kind of man, you know, the kind of... Like, arrogant and... Yeah, and it's Robert Downey Jr., if you think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. how you feel that he is, like, and then Troubled when he... Troubled and broken inside. And then and when he does it, and he's so, uh, like, I'm just the cockiest bastard you've ever seen. Like, here I am. It just works perfect. Um, I So, yeah, in Iron Man, I love him. I also love him in Chaplin, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's... That's about it. <laughs> No, I'll tell you a really kiss, good kiss, one. Bang, kiss, bang. kiss, bang, bang. Very good. Yeah, um, 
if you like it, you know, want to see him in. Uh, Jude Law as Dr. John Watson. I really love Jude Law in this. Um, I was trying to think of other Jude Law stuff I really liked. And I was having a hard time coming up with stuff. AI? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Neutral. Yeah, like it is in AI, but, you know, but think, like, uh, uh, the sniper one, Enemy at the Gates, was pretty good. That was good. Um, but it's hard to... Is he to... in Chicago? Hmm. I don't feel like mm. he was. But, you know, it's hard to think what he was in, right? Alfie. He was in a remake of Alfie. Didn't see that one. He um, was in uh, the Mr. Ripley, right? Wasn't that him? Yeah. Towns of Mr. Ripley. Um, but, yeah, I liked Jude Law in this. I thought he was the perfect companion because it was like keeping the other guy in line kind of thing. And that's what... That is the essence of their relationship, even in the books. Keeping him in line. And yet, Watson is actually a bit of a rogue uh, yeah. occasionally. And uh, not rogue, but like... Um, Unpredictable sometimes. Not like he's so much pent up. back then, but He's now. more repressed. And so there are moments when he really busts out. Whereas uh, Sherlock Holmes is just what he is. He's like, you know, un- he's kind of like a loose cannon all the time. And then there's Rachel McAdams as Irene Adler. Who I liked very much. I did like her too. Um, I always like her. I... Yeah, I liked her. But... You think she was too beautiful for the part? Like, she was a little bit too perfect all the time for this gritty, grungy... Yeah, she but was. But then again, she's to be the one thing, the one person that Sherlock Holmes is rattled by. Well, she's also, like, exotic. She came from America. <laughs> and as we are. You know what I'm saying? American women. Well, I mean, she's not a Victorian London chick. She's come from somewhere else, like, so... And she's, you know, brought with her, her travels and stuff, so... yeah. I do. I kind of bought that she was a bit different from everybody else on the on the streets, and maybe that's why. I liked. liked her. There were moments when I just think she's. I mean, I just want to see. What more was of she her. in that we've seen her before? Uh, mean Girls. Wasn't she? I don't know. Was not Lindsay Lohan. No. It wasn't. <laughs> mean Girls. It was Lindsay Lohan, wasn't it? Don't think so. No, she wasn't the main girl. She oh. was, and I don't know that wasn't Lindsay Lohan, was it? I know Mean Girls was written by Tina Fey. I thought that was Lindsay <laughs> Lohan, though. Um, no, I don't know what Rachel McAdams is. But uh, was she? I seem to remember her being in some real crappy kind of like something like that, Eagle Eye or something. Hmm. Don't know. That's what I remember. And she's probably been in something like Mega, right? Like Avatar or something. We just no, don't, she don't wasn't remember in Avatar. So, uh, Mark Strong plays Lord Blackwood. Um, I like him. He's sexy. Again, I was having a little bit of a, you know... Mark Strong is, uh, the... He was in Rock and Roller, right? He was in, um... Which other, um... Which other movies was he in? Well, he's one of Guy Ritchie's friends, so he might pop up in other Guy Ritchie movies. Not that I remember, but then again, he might not... He was in Rock and Roller, and he might have been in Revolver, I don't know. He was the grey-headed guy in, uh... Rock and roller. Yeah. Um, and he's really great in this one. I mean, like, if you Menacing. want an imposing bad guy, he's perfect. Like, he, he even had an air... It's sort of like, it's sort of like the over, overly stereotypical dark magic bad guy wanting to Did take Did you catch an air of the... Hitler about him? No. The way he was, um, when he's doing his speech? No. I, I don't know if it was intentional. It wasn't Hitler specifically, but I felt dictator. Yeah, he wants to take over the world, so. Yeah, but I just... This, there was something slightly Hitler about him. I was like, whoa, that's really, like, 
effed up. Like, that makes him really it's bad. It's making me feel like he's, he's worse than he is. Like Makes him really bad. Um, so, what are you doing? I'm just like... Oh, I just need the next person. I'm going on to the next right. person. Oh, right. you have another person. So the next person's... Uh, oh, yeah. I think the star of this movie, actually. <laughs> I gotta I, tell everybody. You write this uh, outline thing, right? So you always make fun of me if I misspell anything. You always make a point to point it out. and oh, yeah. So in this one, you have made... You spelled Inspector. Like... So Eddie Marsden. Oh, yes. Let's ignore that. Inspector Lestrade. Um, I think he's actually the star of the entire movie, to be honest. I, um... He's the guy from Happy Go Lucky, the driving instructor. I think he's brilliant. And I turned to you at one point during this movie and said, he looks like he really should be in those times. Like, his face or something. (laughs) I'm not talking about the... I'm talking about he just seems to fit perfect. Like, if you were going to do anything, like, in old-timey London, there's your guy, like... Because he... He's, I'm not sure what you mean, because anybody could grow a beard. It wasn't the beard, and he had a beard in Happy Go Lucky, I believe, right? I don't think so. <clears throat> it was just, he just fits to me. He looks like an old-timey dude. It's like uh, some people, when you see them, you think, oh, they should be in a western or whatever. This guy, but anyway, it's not just how he looked. He, I love his character. Yeah, he's like, in, he's the inspector. I feel like he's not used enough, but I feel like he'll be used more. Lestrade, right? Yeah. So he's probably in the books, right? Yeah. But but I feel like he'll be used more in the next one. Um, well, he is he, nothing bad. What are you looking up there? Sheila McAdams. So we can see what she's been in. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. <laughs> if you look up Shelly McAdams, you're not going to find her. <laughs> Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, we've seen her in something. Because kind of liked her. I, I felt it was like Eagle Eye or something, but it probably wasn't Eagle Eye. Don't think so. so it was something real shoddy, like, that we didn't really like. Anyway, um, that, it's directed by Guy Ritchie, who, as we know, directed Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Rock and Roller, Snatch, Revolver, Swept Away. Who um, Swept Away? The one with Madonna. Oh, I've never seen that one. Who was his wife? Who not his wife anymore? No. Um, Swept Away was not very good. I watched it. I've um, never. I, in fact, I don't even know what it's about. I wouldn't say it was not very good. I would say it was actually terrible. I would probably turn it off really? if I didn't know it was Guy Ritchie. I just watched it because it was, I'm a Guy Ritchie fan and I wanted to see what it was like. I watched it and felt like I would have turned it off ten minutes in if it's really it's quite bad. It really doesn't fit with anything else he made either. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you know like Danny Boyle? Everything's amazing. Everything is amazing. But what the hell is the beach? Right. It's like that. Like, what happened there? Like, something... Like, the beach. You would think that'd be good. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like a decent story, actually. Semi-decent story. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It wasn't particularly interesting when you watched it. An island controlled by a gang who I thought it grows was pretty... marijuana? It sounds interesting. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this one is less interesting than that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Has Guy Madonna Rich- ever made a good one except Evita? Do you like Who's That Girl? Yes, I did at the time, like but it. I haven't seen it since the 80s. So I could have changed my mind since then. Um, I, I didn't even really like Evita, to be honest. I didn't like I've it. never seen it. So, no, I don't, I'd say she hasn't made a good <laughs> um, Stick to singing. Uh, or, or not, or don't. Um, but... Yeah, Guy Ritchie, I really like him. I, I'm a big fan. Um, I feel like I was one of the first people to see Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels, and I went around telling everybody to watch it. What year did it come out? Um, probably, like, mm, 1990. So you would have seen 1989, it 1989, maybe. No, not... 
99? No, not 99. It seems like you had already seen it when you came here and that was 99. So. No, I bet it was 96 or something like that. Because I remember it coming out, I saw it on the cinema, and, you know, that was a really small movie at the time. Um, and then everybody... Well, it was a small movie, nobody had seen it, and then I went around telling people to see it, and then all of a sudden it was a big hit. <laughs> I think it was down to me. Shelley, or Rachel McAdams. Who's Shelley McAdams? I don't know what's in my mind. Rachel McAdams. Mean Girls. Okay. The Hot Chick, which you remember that her. That was awful. The Hot Chick. You know, but you remember her. She was the main girl. Um, Wedding Crashers. The Family Stone. You remember her in Family Stone. State of Play. Which State of Play is what I saw. Yeah, that's right. it. That's what she's right, really right. good. Uh, the Time Traveler's Wife, which I have not seen. Um, no, State of Play is because she was the female reporter. Something called Perfect Pie, which I have not seen or heard of. Sounds like Pono. <laughs> Guilt by Association. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Mean Girls, I was correct. And The Notebook, which I have not is seen. Is Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, though? No, it's uh, another girl, I think, isn't it? Oh, I, no, I, see, right. I see the cover with Lindy, Lindsay Lohan stood right oh, in the cover. Oh, you're right. Right in the cover. Tina Fey. She Written by Tina Fey. Fey. Right. Okay, um, that's the mystery of uh, Rachel McAdams. Right, so, yeah, it's a state of play that I'm thinking of, and she was exceptional in it. And why I thought it was Eagle Eye or something, because like, I remember her running away from something. There was a sniper who sniped through this window. And right, right. Um, and that was actually a good movie. Uh, so... Yeah, directed by Guy Ritchie. Big fan of Guy Ritchie. I feel that he's evolved. You think? I don't think this is. But I feel evolved. like he was better at the beginning. Yeah. Almost like. Sometimes when you give people more money and more resources, they don't shine as. Because well. Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels is literally a low budget. Um, Kick-ass kind of. Movie. It's a low budget movie. It's not. It's it's had no money behind it. That movie, and it still holds up now. I think people get less focused. A little bit less inventive, also less inventive, less focused, and too many trinkets. You know what I mean? Too many ingredients spoil the soup because when you're limited on the big set pieces you can do, you focus more on the dialogue and the moments. Why Clerks was a success because there was no money versus (laughs) like Zack and Mary or whatever. There's more money, there's bigger stars, but that doesn't make it a better movie. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, Clerks has no stars at the at the time. There was nobody in that no. who anybody ever knew, but it had good dialogue and it was focused. Funny and right. yeah. So um we looked at the Blu-ray edition of Sherlock Holmes, which comes with the uh Blu-ray, the DVD and the digital copy, which I'm a fan of, um, for the price of a normal Blu-ray. Uh, you know, can't argue of getting three copies of the film. Do any of those have a different ending? No. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good if they did. Um so now in terms of extras, this is actually excellent because it has the Warner Brothers Maximum Movie Mode, as they call it, which you would have first saw in Watchmen when Zack Snyder comes on and introduces the... Well, guy, this time Guy Ritchie comes on in the same double-screen view where he walks in and... Except Guy Ritchie's more dressed up. He seems to wear a suit and tie every time. You see him in the extras and on mm-hmm. the set and he's got his little fancy... Uh, coffee or teacup. I think it's coffee that he's drinking. And he's always in a suit and a tie. Sometimes an almost ascot looking tie. Did you notice that in one? It's very... He's very... It's very in a London look, that as well, you know? And but he's really dressed up. He's not like the director who wears sweatpants no. and a hoodie and a and a cap and then like the thing around. He's like... Mis- he looks like what you would imagine one of the studio heads walking to the set 
would look like. And I feel it's just his style. He's a very, yeah. like a GQ kind of gentleman. You know, like oh, this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, though? The people yeah. who followed you and, know, like, dress. Yeah, but you think he's, well, I guess he's at work. Might as well. He looks like James Bond. A little bit. He dresses very James Ooh, Bond. Oh, he should do the James Bond movie. Um, so, I mean, direct it. Yeah, somebody, the next person who's directing the James Bond movies, somebody really awesome. The guy who d- did the Bond movies. Really? They're going to be doing a, the new Bond Not movie. a big stretch. It's let's perfect, be in my opinion. Wait, let's be yeah, the Bond, the Bond movies longer, are yeah. Bond movies at heart, really. Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this it, I'm just looking on the back of the box there. It shows you. It's like a big wide shot with two mm-hmm. virtual monitors, and he kind of talks you through. It's really a good mode. Very good. Um, because you... Rather, an audio commentary I kind of like, but you feel a bit detached with this. Like you, you're in, he's showing you, and he's stopping the movie every so often, and ex- which is great. Like he, instead of him missing parts of the movie because he wants to talk it's something in length, he says, "Right, pause the movie here," and the movie pauses. So all you need to do next with this feature is right. You go on, you get your little Blu-ray, you get your little microphone, and you can record your name, and you, it says, "What's your name?" and you say, "Sid Talk." Right? So then every time Guy Ritchie's talking, there's this moment when he's talking and says, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And you, and then you hear my voice, Sid Doc, blah, blah, blah. It like makes it personal. <laughs> yeah. So I do feel this is more personal because he, he stops the movie, he talks about, he goes into like technical details. And then when he's not talking, other little pop-up videos will come or storyboards. or I mean, it makes the whole thing a whole different experience again. Like, yeah, it's re- it's. It's very um, satisfying. Lots of good details. Yeah, and storyboard pictures come up. And, and you know, it's not like... It's the same with Watchmen, because I watched the Maximum Movie Mode the, in, the entire length of Watchmen. And you learn so much, and they even put, like, you know, uh, subtitles along the bottom that tell you facts about the movie every so often, and then you get the little uh, documentaries in the corner. Uh, and those documentaries that pop up in the corner on the Maximum Movie Mode, you can also choose them individually and watch them full screen which is great also right. because sometimes you might it's kind of you're watching the maximum movie mode and you want to concentrate on the thing in the corner but the movie's happening bigger than the thing in the corner and it kind of distracts you a bit so if you want to watch these extras which there are they call focus points yep you can watch them all individually full screen which is really nice and then there's an actual 15 minute standard making of Sherlock Holmes reinvented which shows you how they reinvented the movie and that's like a 15 minute thing now his interpretation while that doesn't sound like a ton of stuff the maximum movie mode alone is literally a two hour extra because it's the entire movie um and there's some it says exclusive features via BD Live now I did I did log into BD Live and I did eventually put my password in and log in but I couldn't find anything extra about Sherlock Holmes apart from the trailer which is let's just, let's just tell them how it works. When you're going, we're going to BD Live or any other online Blu-ray feature, and the first thing that pops up is a login screen. This is what you say: "Oh, fuck off!" Know. You go, "Fuck off!" I don't know. I say, "I don't <laughs> know my fucking password." I made it like twelve months ago. I have no idea. Why and you're don't like, you remember? I'm on my Blu-ray player. Why do I have to type anything? And then you said, "Oh, at least they have a nice uh, little QWERTY keyboard." And, uh, and after my, <laughs> you were pleased with that. After my fourth attempt, I figured out what my password was and got in. <laughs> let's tell everybody what it is. And. Um, <laughs> I, you know what's really cool about Warner Brothers BD Live? This was, this was like impressive to me. I logged in and then it said, here's your account. And my little uh, icon picture was the Silk Spectre from Watchmen. Right. So it shows you the last time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I logged in and it said, here's all the movies you've watched on Warner Brothers Blu-ray. And it literally had a list of all the ones we popped in there. 
Very so nice. it knows you've watched them. Ooh, no stuff. Communicates it to the server without telling you. Because that's happening while you're watching the movie, isn't it? In some Correct. So, um, yeah, but I could see him. It had, like, the last one, it had Wizard of Oz and Watchmen. But um, I couldn't find anything related to Sherlock Holmes apart from the trailer of Sherlock Holmes, which isn't on the disc. So I guess if, for completeness sake, if you want the trailer, the trailer's on the mm. web server. Um, and then there's a digital copy and, like I said before, the DVD version, which are all both on the same disc. And the digital copy expires on March the 28th, 2011. Your pet peeve. Yeah. So um, overall, it's a great package. Um, in terms of extras, picture quality, audio quality, we didn't mention it fully. Mm. It's fantastic. Like, um, this is a movie that shows surround sound off. Um, from the opening scene, which is a horse rumbling through the streets of London, that you hear coming from behind immediately. And you some, go like, oh. <laughs> some movies, the uh, rear speakers are just dead, aren't they? Nothing really, you know, it's all front. This movie, I felt all the time, even people talking, or and then there was some amazing, when Mark Strong talked at one point, and it came from like corners of the room, right, and right, then yeah. above you as well. That was pr- it's amazing sound design in this movie. And the score's by Hans Zimmer. It's does, good. Yeah, a, a, the kind of score that you want to just listen to. Definitely. And it, it had... Oh, I like the... Kind of like a... He has a motif. Bluegrass. They've got a motif for Sherlock Holmes whenever he kind of appears and stuff. Yeah. It's like his theme tune. It's not the theme tune you'd be familiar with, but it's it's really good. It's like a, it pumps you up for what's coming. And they do a tune near the end with on the big finale where it's the chimes of Big Ben, but into a classical piece. It sounds really good. I, I was... It didn't, didn't stand out to me, so I don't remember. Well, you, it's, it's basically Big Ben's chimes, but kind of remixed in some way and laid onto a classical track that's like... It's, it's the part at the end that I don't like. <laughs> but on. it makes it more epic than it really is, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, Hans Zimmer soundtrack's, you know, always good. For some reason, I think Hans Zimmer is somebody from, like, the 1700s and he's been dead for a long time. He's a, Clearly, he's a, I'm not right. Like the John Williams of today, I guess. You know, he's John the, Williams dead. He's the guy everybody wants in the to make the movie music for. You know, classical scores. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is a showpiece for audio quality. It's good because it's good. that action sequence we mentioned in the middle, you can feel that boat, like moving. The yeah, and the <sighs> like the lurching of metal and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can feel it in the room. It's really. I was impressed at and. There's a lot of like trickery where they push the sound around the room and Mark Strong's voice at one point, like I said, <laughs> it's just weird. It's like, and there's one point where you're in the house when Watson arrives and there's a gunshots. Oh, yeah. They sound like they're upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Well, they really do sound like they're upstairs in this movie. Like they're actually in your house if you're in a basement like we are. Like they're actually upstairs. So I uh, enjoyed the Blu-ray of them. I think it's one of those nine out of teners where you would. Get this Blu-ray to show it off. The sound, but not necessarily the look of it. Is that what you're saying? No, I think in both respects. I think the look of it is really good too. Mm-hmm. I think it like yeah. captures like a dirty. Yeah, know. I guess that. I'm just thinking of the a few bad CGI things, but that's not. Yeah, the, the bad CGI is has nothing to do. True, it's true. just how it looks, isn't true. it? True. But in general, they got like the black levels right. You know, it kind of looked like contrasty. Like it's like this place is filthy. Like it's not. Um, and then occasionally, like, you know, that's 
probably why that CGI bits at the end feel wrong because they don't feel as dirty. It's like almost like they're yeah. in a clean room or something, and everything else is behind. Yeah, because you don't have the set. Uh, you don't have the city. It's with strange. You. Yeah, yeah. And you'll instantly go, "Oh my god!" It's one of those Spider-Man moments where he's a floppy ragdoll. Like the rest of Spider-Man looks okay, but that part doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And that all stands out in your mind. So, um, I want to say uh, thank you to Warner for the DVD review and for the DVD for review or the Blu-ray for review. And in conclusion, um, I would kind of half-heartedly recommend it. I recommend it for a good time at the movies. Introduce you to Sherlock Holmes. It's a popcorn flick. If you don't like the, the tone of it, just read the books. You know, if you're interested in the character of Sherlock Holmes um, solving crimes and inspecting crimes and whatnot and mysteries, and some of it is mystery like otherworldly stuff, right? I'm assuming from Sherlock, from just what I gather. I mean, it is, but it isn't, right? Um, if you're interested, just read the books. Don't even bother with movies or anything. That's that's how it started. Someone took the time to write novels about this inspector guy and Watson, and you can lay on your own in your own mind. I would say, like. if you like Guy Ritchie, here's a good film by Guy... Here's a good, you know, film by Guy Ritchie in his style. But if you like Sherlock Holmes, go and read the books. That's yeah, I, I don't say. I don't agree that it's a Guy Ritchie-type movie. I mean, there are, there are hints of him, but I think um, other Guy Ritchie movies more stand out to Oh, me. I'm not saying this is... Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels is easily the best Guy Ritchie movie. What I'm saying is, if you followed Guy Ritchie and watched all his movies... Here's another movie that you'll probably appreciate because it's tough. Uh, I'm not sure. If you're well, really a Guy Ritchie fan, you're going to find this a bit too fluffy. Well, I think Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels, while it's a kind of violent, gangsterish type flick, it's also very funny. Which, yeah. which this is, Sherlock Holmes. It's not serious in tone. No, no. It's light-hearted and it's slapsticky in parts, right? Maybe that's another reason why it doesn't feel that... Um Menacing. Maybe. Yeah, there's not a lot of menace. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because it's quite humorous. There's a lot of banter. It's made to kind of be... It's not necessarily like one-liners, but it's... No, I think my vein. satisfaction comes from all the details in all the sets. The ideas behind, if you go back in that time period, like you're on the verge of like the Industrial Revolution and the invention of things, and he's interested in inventing that's things. What and all that stuff is so captivating. And, like, the action scene is captivating, and there's also an explosion scene, yeah, which is also awesome. Really and good. when we're talking about sound design, that put it over the top for me, because they muffle the sound as though you're in an explosion. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds really... It's really weird, like your ears have been imploded. Totally. Um... So yeah, I do dig the sound design. That's my favorite. So I say part. we recommend it if you want a good time. I said recommend it half-heartedly, just because the third act for me didn't fulfill what I was promised. I felt like I was being promised something, and then they took it. They went like, "Okay, all that stuff we we were doing. Well, is the standard Hollywood ending? Mm. The other ending's in a vault somewhere. And you can get that <laughs> on the extra special director's cut later on. You know, so that's only thing. We're saving the good ending for the end of the third movie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's when you find out that he's his father. Somebody's his father. <laughs> no, that's in the second one. That's <laughs> yeah. always the second one. Uh, so, thank you to Warner for the Blu-ray and contests. We have a couple on the site this week. One to win Nicolas Cage in the new Bad Lieutenant movie. You which... get to win Lu- Nicolas Cage. 
You That's do. awesome. And uh, he brings with him all his debts, and you can pay them off. I'll pass. Pass, pass, pass. So uh, next week's uh, Blu-ray review will be The Fourth Kind uh, with Mila Jovich, um of Resident Evil fame, Fifth Element fame. Um, Fifth Element? Come on. I just saw the trailer for the new Resident Supermodel Evil. Supermodel fame. Who knows what you pick one. Just saw the trailer for the new Resident Evil, Resident Evil Afterlife. Uh... They make a, in the trailer. They just make a big deal about it being in 3D. They don't really mention the story, which is kind of uh, um, disheartening. Yeah, yeah I can say. a little bit. They even they just talk about this is a 3D movie. Uh, we're using James Cameron's 3D, his 3D, and then it shows her throwing some throwing stars, and they're kind of coming out of the screen. Oh, no. I guess if it's in 3D. So I don't know. I like the Resident Evil franchise. Me too. I even like that third one, which everybody hates. I, I actually liked really liked it. I thought it was fun. And that's all they are. They're not deep. Yeah. They're fun, right? With some bad... There's bad stuff about them, isn't there? Jill Valentine. Oh, she's the nemesis, horrible. Absolutely. The oh, nemesis. Yeah. You know, there's bad stuff about their movies. But for some reason, I have fun every time I watch them. And, and the, we, the, the, the black man who's just a really horrible, horrible GTA stereo, insulting... I would, you know, if I was a black man, I would be insulted. That's that Epps guy. He's I don't like think I have the right to be insulted, but if I were, I would be. I think it's absolutely, yeah. So, eh, there's a split one, too. They're kind of lowest common denominator. Because I love the story, points. and I love half zombie. And things. I love the fact that it's based on a game that I love. You and know? I love Mila, so, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be a third one, a fourth one. Fourth one. And, um... We'll see. We'll see, definitely. Number four in 3D. Yeah. 4D. It's in 4D. <laughs> Um, so, games and A-Scully stuff this week. I finished God of War this week. God of War 3. Don't get too cocky. You didn't finish it by yourself. You saw the end of God of War 3. I uh, did. Um, what did you think of the end of God of War 3? It was awesome. Are we going to spoil it? I don't... That's up to you. Has everyone who's going to play it played it by now, do you reckon? I wouldn't, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I guess everybody... So, yeah, spoiler alert. If you've not played God of War 3... <laughs> I just said, no, I don't think you should. If you've not played God of War 3... Um, We'll spoil it a little bit now. Uh, what did you think of the end of God of War 3? I just said it was awesome. Well, that's that's very descriptive and great for radio show. Well, I'm just saying, like... Oh, we're on the radio now. Awesome. What happened? That's awesome, too. I'm just saying, I mean, it's, it's action-packed and the story is pretty... Pretty... Not gritty, but it really sucks you in. This man who's been tormented by the gods and tried to get his revenge and then tried to kill himself and they wouldn't let him kill himself. And now all he wants is to... All he's really trying to do is get revenge and bring down these gods like Zeus and... uh, But the thing is, he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, The character you play the entire three games. Like, what happened... What was he like before he ended up killing his family, which is the opening of the game? You never... You don't know. Right, but basically he's hell-bent He then. was the leader of the army. He was the leader of an army. Or the army. And the gods used him as a pawn. And he went in and killed... Well, the gods told him to take out this entire area for their bidding. So him and his army went and took the entire area. So happens his wife and child lived in this area... And he absolutely murdered them himself because he was in this rage of the... You mean he, with his own hands? Yeah, with his own hands, killed both of them. Oh, I thought it was just like he ordered everyone to be killed. No, he killed they... them too. He stabbed, cut them in half and stuff. So, under the command of the gods, like he was... I don't know if he was possessed or what, but he was doing it. Like he was just in a rage and did it all. 
and then he regretted it. And then he became a god in the second game. Only to be... Well, when he did... At the end of the first game, he becomes a god, right? He becomes the god of war. At the beginning of the second game, we learn that perhaps he isn't the right person to be the god of war because he's a tit and he uses his powers just to be a dickhead like doesn't he I mean they take them off him because they're like I don't remember I didn't see it well the beginning of God of War 2 is like Kratos what the hell are you doing you're just being an idiot like because he's going I've got powers and I can do this and I can kill these people and I can do this just I'll do all this stuff because I'm a god and then the gods turn around to each other and say he's not the man for the job and strip him of everything because and that's, that's like the end of the first one he decides that's it I can't live with this and he tries to commit suicide the gods won't let him uh-uh. and then he's the god of war it becomes god of war and so he's already he's already basically a man with nothing to live for no, he's ready to die so you give the man with that anger and frustration and self pity Give him the power of a god. And then he's not going to be a nice guy. No, he isn't. And you call him the god of war. So then, through the second one, he... What's the objective of the second one? He's trying to... um, Second one, he's trying to get Pandora's box, which... That's the third one. No, the second one also. Hmm. Second one... Third one, Pandora's box, is put in a flame. But the second one, he's actually going through the maze to get to Pandora's box. But I mean, in the third one, what I gathered was his objective is to bring down the gods. He wants them to be destroyed so that mankind in the second one, it was, can be. It was to, the second one, he was going to bring down Zeus. Um, Just Zeus. Which he needs Pandora's box to do. That gives him the power of to kill a god. Which doesn't work out so well. <laughs> and then the third one. Well, talking of, like, figuring Mm -hmm. out that it's... When we just said a minute ago about Mm -hmm. in the second film, you'll find out he's his father. Luke, I am your father. Well, you'll find that out. (laughs) And then in the third one, it's time to kick daddy's ass, right? He wants to kill all of them, though. His objective really is... Because you're talking about... We're talking mythology here. Greek uh, gods, right? Well, at some point in human history... Or in the tale of the Greek gods, they all had to have died or disappeared because humankind is no longer ruled by those gods. So that's kind of where he steps in. He wants to bring them all down. And humankind is in ruins and he wants to be like, that's it. The slave's clean. We've got no more gods holding over all this shit over us. We're on our own. So that, to me, was what made the story really interesting. And the Titans... The Titans, yeah. They they also want to bring down the gods for their own... Because they want to... Explain what a Titan is. It's like a huge... I think we mentioned it last week, like Gaia. It's like a like a shadow of the Colossus. Embodiment like a big, of something in nature. Like yeah. Poseidon so is one's the titan fire, of the one's, ocean. Uh, Gaia is the titan of Earth. And they're like, land. you know, the size of mountains. But they're kind of like rock figures and stuff, right? Right. And they want to also control everything. And they kind of use... Kratos. Right, so the gods just want to control everything themselves. The titans want nature to con- want them as nature to control yeah. all of humankind and everything. And they all use Kratos in their bidding. And Kratos wants to just get rid of all of it. Or, just... He didn't want to get rid of the titans at first, but when they double-crossed him, he kind of he just thought, "What the hell? I'll just get rid of everything." Right. So it ends up in a culmination of you ending up in a battle with your father, which ends in the most bloody, disgusting scene I've ever seen in any game. I mean, you get to beat the guy to death uh, first-person style, right? That's an over-exaggeration, but it's pretty unsettling. 
It's pretty bad. The whole... I mean, nothing else happens. It just gets blood all over you. I mean, you're beating the shit out of him, like, for... Right, but it's not that gory. It's some blood flies back and forth, back and forth, and then the screen goes red, and that's it. You know you're doing it. It's pretty but... bad. Yeah, I think my interpretation's different. And then... It um, seems gratuitous, but then again, he's been through a lot of shit. Yeah, I, I actually thought it was perfect, that ending there, because after all the three games, and we played them all back-to-back, you felt his... You know, what he had to do. Like, And ultimately, you know? if you're killing a god, like you're taking the life from a god, right? There's a lot of magic and shit involved where you could just do it and get it over with. But he's so angry as a man. Well, he's part god, obviously, because he's his son or his father. You know, he's... That all he really wants to do is fist to face. Like, yeah. beat the shit out of him. Like, and that's and what that's he does. It. It, that doesn't kill him. And it's a really thing. interesting ending um, because mm-hmm. they... If you stick around after the credits, they, I was going to say leave it open for another one, but when I thought about it, there isn't another one because there's no, the only um, person to fight left is Athena, who is a ghost. She's a ghost. Um, but you, somebody, you said somebody on a podcast who said the only people left to fight would be like Jesus it was and Penny Buddha. <laughs> Jesus yeah. and Buddha and the gods of the Hindu. You Which know. is obviously just a joke. So what I'm saying is I can't see. I mean, you're not going to, I don't think Sony are going to kill off one of their biggest franchises ever, to be honest, after three games. Four games, because there's a PSP one as well. Which is a prequel. Which I probably I should say play. I've not played yeah. it. I've not played it yet. So That's what I was going to say. The only direction it goes before all this shit. I happens. should play that. It's actually the when he kills his wife and kids. It's that. So I don't think they're going to kill off God of War, but I don't see anywhere for it to go because he's done everything. They blew the wad, right? Mm. He killed every boss. I mean, every he killed Hades for Christ's sake. There's no hell anymore. You know, it's like well, what's left? There's nothing, and he's not a god and. I I don't see where it could go. It'll be interesting, though, because I'm sure it will go somewhere. What will they do with it? Doesn't sound like it. It'd be like one of those pathetic things where they go, it was all a dream. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to go and get everybody again. The spirit of Zeus is alive yeah. in something or other. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's like a super high budget. You don't get... I would say these kind of games of this quality only come along, like, once every few years. Like, Gears of War was one... I think Gears of War 2. You know, like, the, these really high... I and let's say, be honest, you didn't get through it yourself. You had well, there I were times. Yeah, but there were times when you're like, oh, my thumbs, and you handed it off yeah. and then let Austin do next big boss or that one that was relentless and he got through that whole thing. Like, he only died maybe twice. Yeah. You had tried, 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 and then he tried. Where It's like the, uh, it hit the circle. And we were playing on normal. It can get a lot harder. There's Ooh, two uh, more levels of difficulty after Ooh. that. Um, apparently the very final level of difficulty which is like titan mode from what I've been reading is not not many people if anybody have even got to the end of it it's that difficult what? So, that doesn't even sound fun some people uh, yeah and see it, it isn't to me when it's like that and, and easy mode is never fun either because it's like you're going Ooh, through it I'll too fast I'll take easy but you're going through it too fast and it's you know hmm. So that's God of War. You know, they don't come around. I think I might play the PSP version now because I do have it. I've just never bothered with it. So um, also what came out this week, talking of big blockbusters, is the Stimulus DLC package for Modern Warfare 2, which is the five new maps for $15, which I've been playing like all week. Like, 
I know them maps as well as I know the other maps now. I've only played it like for a week. And they had a double XP week where you get double experience all week. So I managed to prestige my character again. So I'm on the fifth time around now. Prestige. Hey, we haven't done our recommendations. No, we'll do we'll do them in a, in a second. We skipped it. We did. I don't know why. Because something moved. Nothing moved? No. Anyway, so yeah, I prestiged again. So now I'm on my fifth time and you can do it up to ten. So... I'm hoping before November I can do that, but I don't think I will. It seems... Wow, by November? What do you mean? That's when the new Call of Duty comes out. Oh. Every November, there's a new one. You play this game every day. People don't know. Almost every single day, people don't yeah, know. Yeah, at least five times a week. At least, yeah. Uh, and I'm talking at least five times a week for two hours, more, more than two hours. So, um, and I've been playing it since November when it came out. Yeah. I even have a Modern Warfare 2 Xbox. You do? I like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> and my avatar in Xbox Live wears a Modern Warfare 2 t-shirt. <laughs> Cheapy D would say, oh god, it's a full of shit. <laughs> so, um, the new maps, two of the maps are from Call of Duty 4, which are, well, Modern Warfare 1. And they're great because they're the best two maps in Modern Warfare 1. And three maps are brand new. There's one which is like in this apartment complex, which is like awesome. It's like a modern day apartment complexes, swimming pools. It's kind of weird fighting there. It just right. seems weird. Um, and then there's one in a scrapyard, which even has a uh, dog kennel that you can go and lie in and snipe people when they run past. Ooh. And there's one in a... What's the other one? It's a scrapyard, a... Oh, I think it's like a snowy place. Anyway, all five maps are cool, and two of them you'll have played before, and it's like deja vu, that, because I played Modern Warfare 1 so much. They're exactly the same, or are they just tuned up? They're actually exactly the same. They're not better? No. They're just them. It's just those maps again. But they were the favorite maps of that that game. So basically, you pay $15, and uh, about 20% of what you get is... Yeah, but uh, get this right. You know, these two new... The two old maps in Modern Warfare 2, well... In Modern Warfare 2 has everything else new. Like, the guns are not in the other one. There's loads of new guns. So it's like playing a different... It's like, oh, we can revisit those old maps, but all the new stuff is in it. So, I mean, I could go back to Modern Warfare 1 and play those old maps, right? But you don't get none of the new guns. But still, you're paying for something that already existed. They could have at least given you, like, five brand new and two of those as a bonus. Well, normally you just get three brand new. So they threw those oh, okay. two. Do you know you. what I mean? They, yep. they, okay. Even though you're paying fifteen dollars for them, five dollars a map. Yeah, but you know what? Five dollars a map for something that you play every day. True, true, true. I don't even see it as because, like, you go and pay five dollars for a coffee in Starbucks. I understand because right? my mom asked me today how much I spent on my laptop, and I said, "Don't ask," because to me it sounds like such a horrendous number, which we'll talk about in a minute. But then I think I will use it. Yeah, exactly. Like endless. I mean, already. I, I think mean, value like a, value is perceived by the individual, right? How much you utilize the thing. Like right if up. you played Modern Warfare two when it came out, and after three weeks you just went to the next game. Well, this might not seem like a value to you because yeah, you might play it for a day and then never play it again. For me, I play it every day. So, what's fifteen dollars? Yeah, last week I spent thirty five dollars for the. Sims World Adventure, Sims 3 World Adventure, I mean, and you kind of think, oh, 35 bucks, but for two whole days, literally, 12 hours a day, yeah, my nephew sat there. And forever and, now. You yeah, can and always I'll, play it. Exactly. And yeah. I will. I mean, I've got my, I got a laptop 
specifically that would play The Sims 3 and I can play the other dimes. Well, we'll go into that later. Yeah. So, certain games, um, <laughs> certain games I feel are worth the money. Certain games I feel are not worth the money. It just It's up to you, though. Like, there's a game coming up called Blur, which I talked about the other week, a racing game by Bizarre Creations with... It's like Wiper... You know, like a, mm-hmm. a weapon-based racing game. I've played the beta of it. I know I love it. And it's $60. To me, it's worth $60 because I will play it for months. Because it, Yeah, because the multiplayer is like Modern Warfare. It's got all the XP system. You level up, you get all the stuff. It's something that brings you back. Like, And I know that one night when it's not Modern Warfare 2 night, we decide to, that one would also be a good one to right. add onto our list. Is he going to buy it too? Yeah. So... You know, it depends it is, what's yeah. worth it to you, doesn't it? You know, because I've bought games and felt regret. Like, I've bought a game thinking it's going to be the most awesome thing, put it in, and, you know, an hour later thought, this isn't actually something that I enjoy. Yeah. But I bought this, and that that makes me... That makes you pissed off a little bit. But when you buy one that you, you know, love, you don't feel like you wasted any money, do you? Like, God of War, I absolutely loved it. It cost $60, but you're done with it in eight hours and there's no multiplayer. So is that worth it, really? Yeah. You know? I mean, I had a good time for but the But you would hours. recommend somebody buying a $30 Blu-ray movie, which you most likely are only going to watch once, maybe, maybe twice. Yeah. And that's 30 bucks. And I say for it, two it, hours. it's worth it to... Like, I would buy Magnolia on any format <laughs> under, over and over. Or I would buy Star Wars. Whenever they put it out, I will buy it. Even if... I would buy it on Blu-ray, even if I didn't watch it immediately, because I... Are you going to buy the Clint Eastwood 35 movie collection for $300? I'm not a mega Somebody, that's fan. worth the money. But to somebody, it 10 is. bucks a movie. Yeah. And I think that is actually a good value. <laughs> it's, it's a good collection. You just I mean, have to like I'm not a huge Clint Eastwood fan, but that's a good... That's a, that's a kick-ass collection for somebody to be able to put together. Yeah. And that is available. You can... Uh, <laughs> available soon. From Warner Brothers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the Stimulus DLC. It's $15... I think if you play Modern Warfare 2, you already have it. And mm-hmm. if you don't play Modern Warfare 2, you probably don't care. <laughs> right? And the people who complain that it's $15, I... Don't buy it. Yeah, and this is the first bit of content they've ever put out for it. And we're talking like six months after the game came out. And um, it's not like they put something out every week and you pay $15 for it. It's just like once every six months. I mean, I mm. feel that they're talking about making Modern Warfare 2 a pay-to-play game. That would be a lot... I mean, I they're talking about making it like a World of Warcraft, fifteen dollars a month just to play it. Oh dear, that would suck, in my opinion, because after a few months, after four or five months, you've paid your sixty dollars, and then you've still got to you pay. Keep paying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, and how this works now? You've paid your sixty dollars, and then you buy a map pack. So yeah, you still have to if pay, you want. but not every month. And you don't have to buy. And you don't map have pack. to. Yeah. So I'd prefer it this way than that way. But I feel that that $15 a month way is what they're going to do. Because mm. it, it makes sense from business perspective, doesn't it? I don't know. I think you'd lose a lot of people. The people are... They've got 20 million players playing Modern Warfare 2. That's like unheard of. 20 million. It's like the amount of people that play World of Warcraft. If not more. Sounds like more. That's a huge uh, audience to... Even if that audience only... If, even if you're half that audience with a subscription fee... That's a lot of money still, like, every month. I mean, mm. it's like, you know, big money. I think that will happen. I hope it doesn't. Because, you know how World of Warcraft works? It's a pain in the ass. Like, you pay $15 every month, 
But when an expansion pack comes out, you buy that for sixty as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So you're not you're not you don't pay the fifteen dollar every month and get the game for free. You go and buy it as well, which like sucks in my opinion. That's like But people do it, man. Yeah, of course they do, yeah. And I wouldn't want World of War I wouldn't want Modern Warfare to end up like that, but it will probably. Um this week I've ordered oh this was an interesting thing. I had a twenty five dollar gift certificate for GameStop. And there's a game on the PS3 I've always wanted to play called Infamous, which is Sucker Punch, which are the people who made Sly Cooper, it's their, ah. it's their game, and it's a superhero game, essentially. Nice. You're, you're a guy, there's a big disaster in America or whatever, and you're a guy, after the fact this disaster went on, who wakes up with these superpowers, and you have to understand how, what, why, how, and you're in a free world city, kind of like a GTA kind of city collecting things it's a bit like Crackdown yeah yeah I was but, just going to say um, it sounds like Crackdown but you're a superhero um, it looks really good it's like a year old I just never got to play it nice now it's always been $60 and that's the reason I just it's one of those ones where I wanted to wait for the price drop because you didn't know for sure whether yeah. I liked it yeah, or not yeah. and I played the demo the other day and I really do like it so that's fine so I went online after playing the demo and I thought I'll buy it with my gift card and I found it on GameStop for Twenty nine ninety nine used, and I thought, well, you know, GameStop used they guarantee the game, so it's going to work. So if it doesn't, I send it back. So I paid paid the twenty five dollar gift card. So that means the game was five dollars, right? And the shipping was three dollars, so eight dollars in total. So I paid my eight dollars, and you know, it'll arrive tomorrow. So used, that's used, it's used, used, and it'll arrive tomorrow, and I'll be playing it. But then, the day after I placed the order, <laughs> I was on Kotaku, and there was a story that said, um, PlayStation Greatest Hits line expands. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me have a look. I click on it. And it's like, PlayStation have added five new titles to the Greatest Hit line, and one was Killzone 2, and one was Little Big Planet, and one was Infamous. And now, brand new, it's twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> so... You couldn't cancel your used order? I went to GameStop uh, and I pressed cancel and it said, sorry, you can't cancel, we already shipped it. So I think you'll be fine. It's fine, but what I'm saying is, what's the odds? Yeah, I, I the, wait for over a year to buy this game. The day I buy it... Is the day before they drop the price. The, the day they make an announcement that it's <laughs> now a greatest hits game because it sold a million copies or two million copies or whatever. Anyway, whatever, I'm going to get a used copy. Which we'll hopefully, talk about it next week. Which hopefully it doesn't look like dog shit and is all scratched up. But um, I don't think it will be. Surely they check them, don't they? I hope so. I hope it. I, I was thinking I, back after it. Like I like to have a, the proper case and all that. I don't want it to be in a paper sleeve or anything. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I want the artwork and the book and. I'll so listen to you. we'll see. At least I'll be able to talk next week about what used games come like from yeah, GameStop. Yeah. So um, the very final game I've been playing is uh, Burger Island Two, which is really funny because our internet went off this week and it was off for like a whole afternoon. Yep. And I was sat on my PC and like. I don't know if... Many Let me people. describe this to people. When your internet goes off... Okay, you live in a home, a very nice... We have a nice home, middle class kind of home. We have two computers, three computers. We have literally 2,000 DVDs. We have books you can read. But when your internet goes off, it's like you go, Uh, I have... I, uh, um... 
I got... Uh, well, thing and is... And you're sitting at your computer like, what can I do with this thing if I don't have the internet? And it was really funny because that's what I was... I was sat um, here and my nephew was playing a game and I was... He kept talking to me so I thought, I'll stay in here so he can talk to me. Aww. You know, and then I was sat at my computer and I was like, what can I play? <laughs> what can I do? I mean, and then I, I launched Steam. See, here's a disadvantage of buying games online. Oh, yeah. I launched my Steam client... And I thought, I'll play one of my Steam games. Nick. And it said, sorry, you can't play them unless you're connected to Steam. I was like, oh, that's great. I bought you all can't even games. play them? Uh-uh. <gasps> you have to switch Steam into the offline uh, mode. Before you go And you offline. have to switch Steam in the offline mode when you're online. So, I hadn't done it. So, all the 20, 30 games I've got in Steam, like GTA and all kinds of stuff, none of them work. Plants vs. Zombies. So... That's kind of a weird thing. So I closed Steam and then I was like, well, I've got this Burger Island 2. <laughs> which is like the stupidest game. It's like, make burgers. Yeah. Click but? things really fast. But for some reason, like that burger one that you play. Burger Shop 2. You just, I love it. You just sit and play Plants it. And then you zombie. look at your clock and it's like two hours Plants late. Plants vs. Zombie. Love it. I yeah. can start it over a hundred times and just... I've got totally that one on the uh, Steam list. That was what I was looking for, actually. Aww. But I couldn't play it. When is Zombies vs. Plants coming out again? Some oh, more. plants versus zombies. Yeah, number two, number three. Number whatever. two should be called zombies versus plants. Just spin it around. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there is a They haven't announced a two, but it's... There's got to be one. Oh, my be. God. It's so awesome. It's one of the biggest... Well, you know why they haven't announced a two? Because they've been porting it to other platforms. It's coming on the Wii. It's coming on Xbox Live Arcade. It just came on the iPad. iPhone. So they're making a load of money out of it anyway. So the sequel might be further it's off. It's so good. Um, sequel doesn't need much, really. So Burger Island 2, how do you rate it? It's like really lame, but if you just want one of those ones, and you have to think about it, like, yeah. like the first couple of tries, What's it look like just stupid. You know, that one I played on the Wii, where it's, that was Burger Island one with yeah. the little Hawaiian girl, and you just point at the burgers, and all the orders come in, and you just—it's just like that. But it's—I didn't like it. I tried it. Um, I didn't like it. It's really fun. It's very repetitive. But Burger it? Shop too. Now that I love. Wonder if there's a Burger Shop three. Don't know. I'll, st- I'll get it. I'll buy it. I'll get I seriously loved it. I, so this is the problem with Burger Shop too. Every time I play, because uh, I don't know why you have lasagna at a burger shop, but anyway, you can serve lasagna. It makes me crave lasagna and a cheeseburger. And I haven't had a cheeseburger for a year. You know, if you say the word lasagna, I want to eat lasagna. <laughs> I mean, you just said it, yeah. and I was thinking, oh, that sounds good. I make I'm really hungry. good lasagna too. So, but that's the downside. So, like this week. You know, it must have been fairly lame on the game front because I was playing Burger Island 2, which is a game from like two years ago. Um, this week, East, this Easter week, because it's the tail end of Easter, there's actually nothing coming out this week. Like, nothing. There's one thing, and it's the Borderlands DLC pack, but on a disc in the stores. There's actually no other games, like nothing. That would not be DLC, then. Well, it's the DLC on a disc. It's not DLC, then. Well... You buy it on Xbox Live, or if you haven't got Xbox Live, you buy the disc. Right. It's the so add-ons. you can only get it on a disc. No, you can get it both. So it is DLC. Yeah, that's what I just said, the Borderlands DLC on a disc. <laughs> I know, but you're making it sound like it's only coming out on the disc. No, it's it's been out on the Xbox Live oh, for a I while, and now you can buy it on a disc. Oh, yeah, that is really nothing. Nothing. Okay, so it's my turn, then. What's for dinner? We're going to have some burgers, which are our lovely Morningstar veggie burgers. We're going to have what we had yesterday. We are. 
Only a different kind but of you fry. But you, listener, don't know what we had. You know, we had <laughs> veggie burgers, which, uh, you know, I get tired of calling it a veggie burger, but if we say burger, that's not really what it is. Um, and fries, but today's a different kind of fry. They're going to be the kind of fries that have, like, the skin kind of still on them. Those look really good. Oh, those are good, yeah. So we're going to have that, some salad. You demanded that I make you some peas. 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 And we have some asparagus that I'm going to roast, and it should be lovely. And then we have chocolate-covered... Uh, wafer cookie things which I love and I can eat the whole box um, I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier but it's next on the list what did you purchase this week with my with asking me I uh, recommended it laptop a new uh, <laughs> notebook a new laptop yes I call it a laptop I don't count and it's uh, the Asus if you want to look it up it's like the Asus G60 uh, Republic of Gamers gaming laptop which yeah. is like a it's the it's really like a new laptop. It's a Windows 7 Core i5 processor. It's the new GeForce 1 gigabyte. It's like, the graphics card in it is insane. It's like better than what's in my desktop. I was watching Netflix, playing The Sims 3, and editing an image all at the same time. Now, what I want to do on it... I mean, don't dismiss that. My other laptop can barely play... A, it can't even play videos. No, I know, but this this is like a gaming video card. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, it's a video card that can play some games. I'm like talking Burger about... Burger Island, too. I'm talking about it's a gaming... It's It will play, like, the top... Like, Modern Warfare 2 on full settings. Are it's you like, I'm wasting it on my Sims 3? <laughs> no, you're not. But what I'm saying is this laptop will play any modern ga- any game that's come out. Anything. Awesome. On full settings. So, I think that's awesome. I wanted something that is equal to my computer. You say it's better, but I mean, oh, as in, that. I can multitask it's a and take it wherever I go. Take it to the garage, take it in the bathroom, if I so choose, to watch a video while I'm taking a bath, that kind of thing. Take it in the kitchen um, and be able to do all the things I want and not like compartmentalize and go, oh, my laptop will only do this. So, I've loved it so far. And yeah, it was expensive. To me, it was expensive. It was $1,000. Because I went to Best Buy and bought it. it $1,000? But I know you think that's it. But, when I was looking at them, there was there was ones on Best Buy where you got it from. Mm-hmm. There were $2,000 that weren't that much different. So, that one is like an exceptional value. And I'm, the only thing that the ones that $1,800 had that this one didn't were like long battery life. Yeah. Now this one has a quite a low, like has a really tiny battery, which surprised me because it's. I haven't as a EPC, which is another a mm. baby laptop, which you know, ten inch laptop, and your laptop, which is a sixteen inch laptop, has the same battery minus, which surprised me because when I pulled the battery out of the box, I was like, "If they give you the wrong battery, because this is tiny. I could probably buy a more powerful battery. One more sticks out the back a bit more or something. Yeah, That's, but. I don't really care because I. No, I don't, I I don't think it's a big deal because yeah. this is more like a desktop replacement kind of totally, deal. Totally, because it's a, a six. It's a seventeen. It's big. One, it's heavier. Yeah, but it does everything. It's he- it's seven pounds, but my other one's ten pounds. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean, we're talking old, ancient Dell that I had. So I just went the other day to the store. It was twenty minutes before I had to go to work. I'm standing there talking to you on the phone, going, "It's got this, and it's got that, and it's got the i5 thing, and it's got the GeForce whatever." And you're like, "Yeah, that, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good." And the little dude came over to say, "Do you need any help?" And I had the box already picked up off the bottom shelf, and I'm looking at. It, he's like, "This is re- this is a good one." I'm like, "You don't have to sell me anything, you know." Blah blah blah. I'm not being rude to him, but I'm kind of in a hurry. And you know me. Once I decide 
that's it. I yeah. don't want you to dick around. And I mean, I need. I'm the same as you. I know yeah. kind of what I want, and then I right. don't want you to say anything. And I just, just go, okay, go. I'll just get it. And I swear, this guy—he's like a teenager, maybe 19, 18, 19. His face was like, oh, okay. Like he felt like, like he most gonna, people, women are over stuff. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah, and he's gonna have to talk me into it. And then we get up there, and he's. Trying I to heard him because you were on the phone to me yeah. trying to talk you into buying a bag and a new. No, he didn't try anything. He, I said, "Is there anything else I need?" And he goes, a mouse. Do you want a bag? No, he didn't try. I oh. said, "I have a mouse." And he's like, "Well." And then uh, we got to the front, and I said, "You're not going to try to sell me like the whole big protection thing." He goes, "No, I'm not going to try because I don't think it's necessary." Except for the one thing. And I said, well, I've thought about getting the one-year accidental anyway, just because you never know. You might right? spill your coffee on it. And he said, that's the only thing I ever get with anything I get. So I've, I was kind of happy about well, that. Well, I think, you know, if you do spill your coffee on it the second day you get it, yeah. at least you can just go straight back to Best Buy and say, I want another one. Yeah. And so far, I love it. Because, now this sounds really lame, but I'm telling you, you never know how life works, right? I've been hesitating or avoiding cleaning the garage for months because I just... I mean, our garage isn't horrible. I've seen a billion times worse. No, our garage is actually Oh, it's really good. Neat. It just has a pile in the middle of the one side because it's from Christmas and I never went through all of our Christmas gifts or anything yet, which is really weird. We- and so... But my problem is we canceled our cable TV. I've got a radio in there. But it's like when I'm doing stuff like sorting and cleaning, I want something else. All right. Am I so we say we cancelled our cable TV, yet it still magically kind of works. Yeah, we get a couple of... Don't tell anybody that. Oh, Mediacom no. could be listening. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> now that I have my laptop and I have, from Netflix, got bewitched all of the seasons and you have kindly been monitoring them for me and I get them, watch, put it in there and then I just let it play while I'm cleaning the garage. So in fact... That laptop is actually paying off because I've got the garage almost cleaned up because I have it there. I can chat with you. I check my email, whatnot. We watched a documentary on Netflix last night, mm-hmm. talking of Netflix. Uh, who the F is... Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. That was good. Which I actually... It's you, weird. You because... was watching it on your laptop and I could hear it. I was playing a game. I could hear it. And I said, just stop that because I want to watch it. And I put it on the Wii. And the Wii Netflix picked it right Wii up Netflix, exactly where it left off. We watched it, it. Awesome. and I actually it was an interesting documentary. It's interesting because it's kind of flimflamery, and it's kind of like a hint of well, how corrupt the art world is. But then the characters are all I had, a bit. I also had a. Um, it was also like you know, like I like heist things or cons or yeah. It felt a little it had bit a vibe like a of that mock mockumentary as well, but it wasn't. It's an actual documentary, but well, it was good. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was st- all stage for all we know, but you, yeah, know, you but never know with documentaries. Yeah. It's interesting, but so it was interesting. I love my laptop so far. It is as this is a uh, paying off. I do think I need a better mouse. Maybe I don't know. Well, we found these X Track mouse pads that we've had for several years, but they're in pristine I've in a been, box. I've been wanting one of these for ages. We have had them. We got them yeah. several years ago. Did a review of them, right? Which we. We got different varieties of theirs. But then we both stuck with the same generic... Well, not the generic one, but I mean the basic one with the hard top surface. We've both used our other ones so much that mine in the middle was worn through almost. And the top, because we rest our hand on it for, what, six years? Five years? Starts coming well, apart. Well, mine bit. was it completely. And nobody separated. uses a mouse pad for that long. Let's well, be honest. Well, mine completely separated the top and right. the rubber. Because I mean, it didn't just come apart. It 
come off. I would say it's because like your wrist lays there and you get hot and sweaty. And then you drug it kind of. And then but that's over just... years. And then the other when I was cleaning the garage, I discovered this box that had more of them that they sent us. And I was like, oh, I'm going to use that. So now we're using our extract pads again. I actually, it makes me, honestly, because when I don't have it, even though, you know, laser mice, you're supposed to be able to use them on anything I know, I disagree. They don't work everywhere. No, but on there, it actually makes me happy when it's, like, smoothing over there and I'm not struggling. And In fact, thinking, I can uh, tell you, that mouse on your... We, we got your... I pulled a black mouse pad out of the, uh, out of the cupboard the other day and mm-hmm. I was using your mouse on it and it wasn't picking it up at all. It was skipping all over the place. You put it on one of these because there's so much of a detailed pattern. It just seems to work, doesn't it's it? It's extract. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And they're supposed to be for gaming, but I mean, you know, it's not like a hardcore game, but I really love it, and I was really... There's a benefit, isn't there, of cleaning the garage. I yeah, found us two brand new husbands. And I found my Kill Bill action figures, which yeah. I wanted in my movie. You, go, you start out saying, here's this box, it's just crap, yeah, and you get it anything. down, and it's full of movie figurines and games and... What else was in there? That was it, really. But that was pretty good, because I thought it was an empty box. Yeah. I was saying, you can throw this box away, but I'll check, and that there's all my... Uh, Kill, Kill Bill. Bill figures, which uh, I wanted. And we have a Chris Farley figure for some reason, Bobblehead. That was came with the Tommy Boy uh, Blu-ray <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, so that's it, cleaning up the garage you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so is that, is that your whole lot? I think we're at the yeah. one hour, oh, nearly at one hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. So. All right, so thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to our review of Sherlock Holmes, um, which is available now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, I want to remind you about the websites, ascully.com, sitar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, anywhere else. I don't think I complained about anything. Normally I have some sort of moral high ground judgment to make about everyone in the world. I didn't do that. That's all right then. It's because it's Easter. I'm full of the Jesus spirit. And eggs. Or whatever. So, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You can uh, catch this podcast on the zoom marketplace the itunes music store or the rss feed just go to ascoli.com click on the word podcast listen to all the podcasts right there you can listen to 116 of these puppies um and you can also email feedback to me at ascoli.com but don't email sid talk uh, even though she's got a new laptop she won't answer you and even though i'm in a particularly festive mood today i still don't want any emails unless you're sending me an actual legitimate email and if so you can figure out what my email address is because i have my own website sidtalk.com i want to say uh, stay classy sherlock holmes and please put get the deer stalker back you know <laughs> in the next movie i want to see him wearing a deer stalker Oh, aren't you typical? And I'm going to say, think for yourself, everybody, because if you don't do it, uh, someone's going to do it for you. 